Many scientists are beginning to believe that a vaccine against AIDS may be impossible to make and too dangerous to test. If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine, then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? And the FDA failed in this, and they, they allowed them not to submit the numbers for the absolute risk reduction, the ARR. So it literally takes 120 people to get two shots to decrease symptoms in one, one patient. And so of those 120, how many people are going to end up with autoimmune disease two to three years down the road? How many are going to end up with cancer two to three years down the road, or four or five years? We don't know. But here's what I'm seeing in the laboratory already, and this is very, very concerning. We're seeing a very concerning locked-in low profile of these important killer T cells that you want in your body. It's almost a, re a reverse HIV. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, September 4th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Going to be a attempted to be quick show. I've only got under two hours to get this done. I've got an important show coming up next, which I'll point out in one moment. But we have some important stuff to get to today. A lot of this is super, uh, kind of uh, supplementary to what we've already been discussing. Uh, some important discussions around the WHO treaty, which right now they're in the process of part two, which we've already talked about. They're having their, their kind of this accord going forward, which is what they're calling it, in regard to the legally binding treaty with teeth discussion that we've already had many, I, I think at least three shows discussing. And then this is a we'll, we'll go into it today and show you very clearly this, this should be legally binding. So they're collecting as international entities and deciding for individual countries from an international world government standing what you need to do next time there's a pandemic, which right now seems to be pretty much always, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly the point. But they're going to decide this for you. Did you vote for these people? Are they being guided by groups like the World Economic Forum? Absolutely. Did you vote for this technocratic structure to decide what you're going to be doing or at least even have influence over what your government decides for you? Even if that, just that's a whole other conversation to be had, whether that's even the way it's supposed to go. But the bottom line is this is an important discussion that they have been driving us into that they're almost kind of hoping you're not paying attention to. We're also going to talk about the boosters yet again and show you a couple interesting additions to this, including the Canada just said, guess what? You need boosters every three months. Again, being proven right from claims made almost two, almost a year and a half ago, then dating back to when St. Louis let that cat out of the bag. And we'll go back and show you that yet again, that it was always going to be every three months. How did they know that? Oh, that's right. We found out from their documentation, they were forced to release that they knew that in the beginning. That's how they knew that. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about the manufactured energy crisis with a couple points around the food issue. And where that's going, universal basic income, the digital ID structure, and really the fourth industrial revolution fast track because climate change or whatever else they're trying to yell down, you know, stop everybody else from discussing 
in regard to the large points that it's covering up or how that 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 came out basically a discussion they're using to hide in my opinion what's really going on but let's get into it from the beginning because i'm going to try to do this reasonably quickly i wanted to give a shout out uh, uh to what's coming up next now i post this all on twitter and everywhere else so make sure you check this out tonight's going to be part two of james corbett's documentary the secret history of al-qaeda now this is an outstanding documentary what we're doing is a watch along for part two we're going to be potentially pausing here and there taking questions and and uh you know kind of just discussing why this is relevant which will be leading up to part three which comes out for the first time aired on the last american vagabond with james corbett and brock west i believe he's going to be staying for both of them uh, or all three technically airing on september 11th at 7 p.m central time so i'm really excited for this i haven't seen this so this, this is going to, and I'm really honored that Corbett wanted to do this on The Last American Vagabond. So this is going to be part three. Part one was called The Secret History. Actually, here, I'll go here. This is where he's, uh, as I clumsily talked about this, here is the one we just did, False Flags, A Secret History of Al-Qaeda, Watch Along, and Q&A Part One, where you can watch us do that. That was the first one. Uh, here is the part two that I put out today. It hasn't started yet, as you can see, so make sure you check in. I'll be posting the other links on there as well. Here's the page if you want to check out the the videos themselves, independent of our watch, watch along, and the transcript from Corbett's website. It's very important, all the source links and everything. Uh, and here's the Odyssey link. I'll include all these at the end of the show today so you guys can check out. And uh, here is, oh, actually, no, this was what I'm going to be setting up later. I should have included those before I started. In any case... Back to this. The first part was called False Flags, A Secret History of Al-Qaeda. And this one, uh, I'm blanking on what it is. It was, shoot. I'll just bring it up. Origin story. I can't believe I forgot that. Part two being 9-11, I believe. Was it 9-11? We'll find out. Yes, 9-11. And then the last one, which I believe he's already, I, actually, I believe we discussed this. He hasn't technically titled it yet. But I believe uh, I'm not I can't say I don't want to accidentally say something I'm not supposed to. So part three coming on September 11th on this channel. So make sure you check it out, guys. I'm super excited for that. Tonight will be part two. Make sure you join because I'll tell you part one. And I hadn't seen it since it first aired. And it's amazing how much of this is relevant to where we are today. Whether we're talking about Iran specifically, we're talking about Ukraine specifically, all these different independent stories seemingly all kind of connect back to this origin point. And before that too, as well, but this is the, the security state. We are watching the biosecurity state build out in front of us. And all of this is connected. That may be hard for people to believe, but I'm telling you, this isn't some theory. You can literally, as Corbett discussed for 9-11, follow the money. You can literally follow these connections to people and what the choices they have, have made and speeches they've given and all on the record. This is very clear stuff. But the history of this and how it was created and really the false flag discussion, whether all of this has been meant to drive you in a certain direction. Very, very interesting stuff. Now, that being said, let's jump into the opening part of this, which I thought was important to kind of tie into the Ukraine situation. Now, we're going to start off today with a quick point about Ukraine, a discussion about the Patriot Front and the Donald Trump discussion, and how all of this is very connected. It's very interesting to me. Now, first of all, we know, and this is not my opinion, so that's why I say we know, that the Azov movement, at the very least, to be as objective as possible, has CIA fingerprints all over it. The, the, the evidence and their own documentation, Operation Aerodynamic, literally outlines how they built this entity. Maybe you could argue that they didn't, after so many years, have control and it became whatever. I'll even give you that. I don't believe that. Bottom line is the CIA had 
created the very thing that is now the Azov movement, just like with the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, which is where it ties back to the first part of this documentary. Now, that group, Azov movement, as they've even grudgingly admitted, is in fact a Nazi group that has very clear Nazi ties, neo-Nazis as well, fascism at the root, because that's what the CIA created. It's all in the documentation that they post. That has an international arm or arms in Germany, in the UK, in the United States. Guess what the United States one's called? Rise Above Movement. Now, guess who has direct connection to the Rise Above Movement and the United, the right March Patriot Front, or rather Vanguard America, which part of it was now Patriot Front. So you can find these connections right back to it. And it's very obvious with the little trappings and the way they dress and how they act, that there's something very suspicious here. Bottom line is you can fa- tr- tr- drive a connect the dots back to the very people we're talking about and then realize that that Patriot Front push is being used to frame people like the conservatives and Donald Trump. And there you go. It all swings back in together how this is working, starting back to Ukraine. George Ellison, who's been doing good work covering this as an independent journalist in Donetsk, as the Ministry of Emergency Situations brought bottled water to people, Ukraine attacked them at the distribution point. All government workers were killed along with people waiting for humanitarian aid. Now, this is just text, by the way, but this did happen. And I'll show you other links in regard to the proof of that, or rather the evidence, to be very clear. But somebody, I just don't even understand this comment. Somebody says, oh, good grief, we have another Patrick Lancaster on our hands, it seems. Right, so you don't like people giving you real-time information about what happened that the corporate media won't show you? Or you just don't like anything that challenges what you think you're supposed to believe? Like, this isn't even comment on whether you think, so I guess the underlying uh, implicit implication is that he's lying to you because that's all Patrick does, which is not true. And despite the fact that Patrick Lancaster, as well as George, as well as Eva Bartlett are constantly shown to be correct. Like it's just, this kind of comment is willful ignorance blows me away. But here is where, first of all, the uh, discussion from Eva Bartlett showing you, and this was posted on September 3rd, yesterday, excerpts from my report on Ukraine's targeting of Donbass rescuers, war crimes. In August, the Donetsk Fire and Rescue Department director told her 40 employees have been injured, four have been killed. In the past few days, reports from the DPR note 14 more rescuers have been killed, nine more injured. Now, you can watch this for yourself. It's in, it's, it's, uh, it needs to be translated. But this is always happening. This happens in places like occupied Palestine, where Israel has, if people have even admitted they were ordered to target rescuers and journalists. But it doesn't matter when it's on a certain side. You've seen that plenty. The point is, this is definitely happening. 13 employees of the Ministry of Emergency Situations who died on September 1st as a result of an attack by Ukrainian forces. It's coming from a a, a geomonitor outlet. You can check for yourself. Now, here is what's happening around the world in response to this obvious manipulation. Sarah Abdabba points out, this is huge. People all over Europe are starting to resist the NATO proxy war. Quote, let's get out of NATO, they shout. Whether you agree with that or not, the point is they recognize a problem. Tens of thousands of French people in the streets of Paris. This was yesterday. Very important. Now, on to the note about the, this is the Donald Trump part of this, and rather the Biden speech and the framing as the MAGA terrorists of today as this fringe little group, even though, I mean, like, I I don't know how in the world you could put put your finger on this pulse, because anybody you ask is going to have their political opinion about it. But the truth being that this the, the grouping of people that would consider themselves in the MAGA community is gigantic. And we all know that. It's gigantic. So to act like they're framing, they're, or not to act like, for them to frame them as not part of this country or rather just extremists that we shouldn't engage with is crazy. I already did an entire show about that. You guys can check it out. I, I might as well grab it since I'm bringing it up. But before we get to that, 
And before we kind of add some points to that discussion, I wanted to read that quote, or the, rather the sentence that I referenced yesterday or day before yesterday on that show. And I'll just grab that while I got this open. It's right here. The MAGA trap has been set. That's what I believe this is what this is. And again, that's, you know, two party illusion, guys. I'm not taking sides at all in regard to the party paradigm. You should know that, especially if you're new to this channel. I see it all as an illusion. I see all of them as being fooled, especially by people that follow Trump. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. But the bottom line is, I do believe that they are being set up. But here is a, a sentence from the Declaration of Independence that I wanted you to hear. Now, this is also outlined in the Constitution. The idea that you have a right as the American people to remove a government or rather tr transition to a new government. If you so choose collectively, if they are not doing what they're supposed to do to par you know, generally paraphrase. And here's what it says. And, and in, the, in the Constitution, it's framed as uh, when they, they're basically destructive to their own ends. It's your right and to abolish it, essentially. And here's what it says in the Declaration of Independence. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, and you could take usurpations in a few different ways. But, you know, usur I, I kind of read that as people changing power manipulative in a manipulative way, like regime changes and whatever else. Now, that's not talking I'm not talking about foreign policy versus just in the, inside this country. So you can, a lot of people feel that's what happens, especially with the Trump discussion, right? But the point is, when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object with a capital O, I would argue that means that the White House or control or power invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now, what's funny is every side in the two-party paradigm would argue this is what they're trying to do. But just recognize that it's, it's the same way we always, it's okay when we do it, not when they do it, right? It's okay for us to remove this person from power because we believe in democracy, but the other side says they're doing the same thing. Now, which side was they talking about right there, right? It's, they're both doing the arguing the same thing in, in certain places. The bottom line is, it's amazing we're in a position where they're doing that, you could argue they're doing it for evil reasons and insurrection, or you can argue that they believe they're trying to remove people from power that are not supposed to be there. Now, here's what's interesting. I'm not saying that I support in any case in any sides of the, of the two-party paradigm, but as the individual standing back who is not associating with that, if I truly believed, or let's just say the American people truly believed that this is what we were staring at, despotism, rather, rather the point of putting you in a position of such desperation that they can take advantage of that, it is our right. In fact, our duty to do something about that. Now, you, could, doesn't have to, you don't have to read that as destroying the government and rebuilding a new one. The bottom line is if you're in this place and you see it, you have a duty to do something about it, to provide new guards for our future security. There's a lot of ways you can interpret that. But just recognize that this is in the founding documentation. In fact, exactly what Biden just stood there and, and preached about while then pointing at a group who acted on this and said they were terrorists. Now, that, again, that's the narrative, understand. I'm not saying even remotely the majority of the MAGA people at that, even at that, at, on the, at January 6th, believe that that's what was happening. That's just the point, is even under their narrative, you can recognize that they're in, the, in of their speech almost being unconstitutional. Very interesting, or rather counter to the Declaration of Independence in this case. But that being said, and here's the discussion if you'd like to see it, I just thought it was interesting to add a couple of these points. Here is KJP, Miss Pierre, quote, when you are not with the with, with where the majority of Americans are, and I'll, I'll leave out the sputtering and, and mis, misinterpret or rather mispronounced words, that then that is extreme. 
So if you're not in the majority, you're an extremist. That's what she just said. Now, trust me, that was not what she was supposed to say, because that's very stupid. And in fact, if that was in any other situation, I'd even be willing to argue if that was a white person standing there, they would call it racist. The bottom line is that is ridiculous because they're calling anybody outside of what they deem the majority, which is it the majority. Who knows? Have to trust what they say, right? An extremist. And in history, it's always been the trailblazers that guide into new directions, that create new things and you know, everything, whether we're talking inventing and policy or research or science, it's always the people outside of that that tend to break away and discover new things. If they want, this is what they don't want today. They want you to fall in line. But as I said, to make the point, what about the many, many times in history, including in this country, when the majority held the belief that it was okay to enslave other people for their own benefit? What do you have to say about that, Jean-Pierre? Oops. Right. So you're so you're standing on the side of slavery as long as they all agree with it. What happens if tomorrow Biden's administration all said slavery was okay? Would you stand by that because you'd be an extremist? If not, we all know that's dumb. But the point is, she doesn't care to look stupid as long as she drives forward the narrative in a very clumsy way. Because, again, very bad at this. Now, I'll show you a clip later in the show that just really, really shows you that. But in any case. Another point on the on the focus on attacking Trump in a way to essentially justify the undermining of your rights or removing of them, or rather not acknowledging them. This person says the idea that Trump is able to hold a rally is such a nasty slap in the face of anyone who believes in the rule of law. Okay. Well, what about due process? What about any other? I mean, there's a thousand things we could talk about where basically what is suggesting here to be clear for the podcast is that because they believe he's a criminal because he's been accused of crimes that are still fleshing out, that he shouldn't just not he should just not be allowed to speak. And you can check down here and like, hey, he should already be in prison. OK, and I said, look, and, you know, I am no fan of Trump or anybody in these, in these positions because I think they're all manipulating you. But I said, because free speech is only free to those you agree with. You have all lost the plot. Now, here's what's interesting. People like this, I argue, are not part of the agenda. They've bought into the same illusion they're trying to play conservatives with. This Stephen, this writer, journalist, editor, filmmaker. Good God, save us from these journalists today. The problem is that they bought into it, right? So they're buying into the idea that Trump is the big bad boogeyman and they believe that. So he's so worked up about that. And this is just my surface level opinion. I couldn't possibly know what he actually thinks. But they shouldn't be allowed to speak because they have already decided, as I told you before, in the court of public opinion, that's why this was done this way, that he's guilty no matter what. Because didn't you see him make that crude comment about that woman that one time? And now they say he did this, put him in jail. These people are ridiculous, guys. And these are the kind of people that are trying to drive you into a world where they make the decisions for you. That's scary. Bottom line is, this is not what we should be allowing. Now here, not allowing, but you know, from your own personal perspective, you should stand up against things like that. That's what I mean. But here's what they, I've seen this video everywhere. Everyone posting this in response to the conversation we were just having, right? Showing you all the stuff that happened during the BLM, BLM protests and the Antifa riots and all these different things in the past. So they post this. Stop being so divisive, Democrats, is brought to you by these people. And I'll show you this clip. Same clip, by the way. In every one of these tweets you can find, they're all posting the same clip. You know why? Because it's the only way you can kind of patch this all together to make this look like a massive riot danger, except for the fact that 90% of this was people milling around, not really doing much, being allowed inside the building. But I've never said otherwise. All right? I've always maintained that there were very clear acts of violence. There were clear crimes that were committed, but in any, not even remotely to the level of an insurrection to their level of anything that we would call what they've been naming this, like 9-11 level, uh, level acts or whatever they were claiming it was. 
But let me watch. We'll play this clip first. Then I'll play the clips we played yesterday, and you compare the two, and you tell me which one looks more serious. Right? First of all, all we have here is a bunch of unarmed people, yes, with flagpoles, pushing up against these police. Most of them weren't going after the police. They were running by the police. But in any case, there were some people, as I've said, that should be held accountable for the violence that they committed. You have a police officer or anybody. If you hit the person next to you, that's a crime. The bottom line is they were just rushing in. Okay? And they compile all this next to it. Now, you can see that there's not the kind of things you were seeing on the others. Where they, and we're not, where they're talking about the riots, the burning of buildings, or even just the looting. There was a lot more stuff happening. So check this out. Oh, and, and, and the point is, this, of course, you know, is going to be the worst of the worst they can find. And that's why they clipped it all together. And this is the worst of the worst, mind you. Now, I'm not justifying any of this. I'm just trying to show you that this is as far as it goes. That's why they're sharing it. And it's not that much. Right there. So this person's hitting them with a plastic flagpole on their helmets. Right? I mean, it's good. If you want to hold them accountable for that, charge them with a demisdemeanor. I mean, from being serious, like that's what's happening right there. Or the person saying multiple injuries. Well, you know what? All the injuries we've now do- have been documented. Most of them weren't that serious. And the ones that were, apparently people then died like a day or two days later, which doesn't really make much sense to me, but th- you're fine. You can even call that related. Then deal with those people. The bottom line is this is not even a fraction of what we saw before. Where were all the big hype about that? Or was all the big hype? I mean, realistically, these are just mobs pushing up against each other. Okay, and then you get the one guy being squeezed in a door. And why did that happen? Oh, that's right, because they let them all in the building with no control. So really, you could blame that on them. Okay, and that's it. That's it. That's the gist of it. Yeah, and there were some things that should that people should be held accountable for, for sure. Right, and of course, we know the only person that actually died on the scene was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by the police in a very strange way when she was unarmed, when there was no announcement of the shot. Very, very strange. Very strange. Now... Let me grab the videos that we just played yesterday. Let's see. Should have set this up. I think this is the one. Yeah, this one is this one is after uh, he uh, Trump was during and after Trump was inaugurated. And the reason that's important is because it's not just about some, you know, it's not about somebody being shot or somebody, some racial protest, which it's, it's, it's simply about the fact that Trump was elected, which is exactly what we're talking about in the context of comparing it to January 6th. Police had to push back the protesters so firefighters could get to the flames. Put the cops in piggy heaven. I didn't hear much of that at January 6th. And right now, these are the ones all standing in unison with the FBI. I mean, that doesn't really make much sense, does it? Got to be clear, like I said last time, I'm not trying to broad brush everybody on one side or the other. I'm just trying to show you how dumb it looks to do that the way that they're doing about everybody in MAGA, right? Most everybody is not in this one picture. These are individuals that should be held accountable for their crimes. But what we did see is continuity of this throughout the different times these happened. So whether it's a centralized element at the top of these movements or all of it, the point is, at these kind of things, we saw this pretty regularly. We did not see that 
at, I mean, realistically, at any other than like the unite the night the right type of march, which by the way, don't forget, was clearly manipulated as part of the CIA grown asset. But the bottom line is any other MAGA discussion we can see or groups or rallies aren't usually like that. And it's pretty clear. We can all see that. Or revolution or death, right? Sure as hell seems like they want something like that. You can argue that's what MAGA people wanted, but there's no proof other than certain people that said that, and you can hold them personally accountable, right? So in this same context, if that one person painted that, then all Democrats are out for revolution, right? You see how stupid that is? Small fires had appeared all day. This upped the temperature, which of course was the point. One demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police. It exploded in an officer's face. Plenty of tear gas, six officers. Right now, that that right there, that is more damage than any than we saw on anybody except for the person who I guess got hit with the the fire extinguisher, which that whole story is in and of itself hard. I mean, there's a lot of the things like that that happened that are hard to trace back to what actually went down. But later, something you know happened later, and these people died after the fact. But that's serious right there. Officers reportedly injured. They will destroy your limo. You need to leave now. AK-47, put the cops in piggy heaven. I mean, that, you don't need to see the point. I could play the whole other one, too, guys. I mean, that's more than enough. Right. And it shouldn't be about comparing the things. It's simply to show you how hypocritical and, and the double standard of all of this to just ignore all of this because it's your side, I guess, or because you agree with why they're doing it. And then to completely blow out of proportion the other side, quote unquote, of the whole thing. Now, of course, now they're going with the term maggot, right? As you know, meant to be derogatory, but you know, no big deal there because it's okay to be, you know, it's just, it's, it's all double standards everywhere you look guys. Now point is that as they hype this all right now, leading up to the election, everything else, guess what? The next day we see the Patriot front come marching out. Now you remember, we already talked about this, the Patriot front, January 6th, the end of vanilla ISIS psyop. Here they are, same look, same glasses, same hats, same khakis, same masks. There's only one other group that we really ever saw look like that, and that's Antifa, which I'm convinced have absolute connections to uh, asset, you know, in for- law enforcement. That's just my opinion, though. There's plenty of evidence to show that some of them are directly connected, but whether the entire thing is, that's up for you to decide. But the bottom line is, look at them right there. Just look at the way, they, or how about the fact that they arrest them, they say, and they don't remove their bags, their anything, their gloves, their hats, their their face masks. You ask any police enforcement officer and they'll tell you that's ridiculous. Not standard operating procedure. So why why they do that? And then why do they all get shuttled away into vans in the backs of U-Hauls after the fact? Actually just realizing that I might have actually saved those. I don't think guess not. Doesn't look like it. New computer, I forgot. But I had those videos. <laughs> that's how that works. All saved of them being shuttled away. But that's not as necessarily as important today. But this is, as of yesterday, marching through downtown Indianapolis in Indiana. 
And it says, isn't it curious that with all the resources at the media's disposal to do investigative research and reporting, they're not even trying to expose the people behind this group? Isn't that weird? Yes, they point to, they'll go as far as to point out Vanguard America, and that's where they broke off from. But where is the rest of it? They've got one person's name they claim is in charge, and that's the ultimate we're actually... Yes, they do have the guys in Rousseau, I believe is how you pronounce it. And that's also somebody that's directly tied back to the Azov movement. I've done an entire show on that. So why not the rest of it, though? Right. And this person concludes that's because it's the feds. And it's certainly possible with what we know and how they operate. It shouldn't be that hard to at least consider that possibility. No, there's, there's no volume on this one, but it's in case you can see them and it's sort of out of focus. But here's the next one. Watch out for the Nazis downtown, Indy, says this person. With their drum. Like here, here, you know what my, my one of my clear takes from this is? Everything about this group is trying to make the idea of patriotism being pro-America, pro-patriot, pro-constitution, all you know, pro-revolutionary times of the United States country of, of, as the, of the country. Right? They want you to think of all of that stuff as Nazi nationalism bad. Whether or not you openly say the foundation of this country and the constitution or Nazi stuff. Or just, you know, subtly imply that, which is all what this seems to be. Even though you, the people out there calling people, using the word patriot. That's what a lot of people are using that. And you see the conservatives talking like that. Now, you get groups like this calling it, we only work with patriots. Now, is that because that in and of itself is the manipulation? Or because they know conservatives are talking like that, so they want to use it to make it sound like they're the same? However you look at it, the term patriots now become a conservative bad guy terrorist word. Patriot. Sort of how the word, the, the constitution becomes a problem. That's not even a joke, by the way. If you believe too much in the Constitution, you're a problem for the country. They've documented that many times, including talking about that during this entire situation. The pro-constitutionalists, the militias. Right. So literally the core idea of this country. Now, those are the terrorists today. So too are you. My point is, listen to the drums. Right. This is meant to feel like beginning of America. In fact, one of their taglines, the main tagline is reclaim America. They want you to hear, think about the idea of reclaim, like taking it back, revolution. This is what they're trying to plant in your mind, I think. Hmm. Yeah, this is just trying to get attention, in my opinion, guys. That's what this is really all about. Oh, it's the same one. So here is Yahoo. Twitter video showed Patriot Front in Indianapolis. Oh, you know what? I think I, I was, that's right. I got the Twitter video, so I wasn't even going to show that one. So here is police supervisor chatted up Patriot Front poser who recorded it all. So there's a lot of really interesting things in all of this that I think are pretty telling. Now, really, there's two ways to talk about this. Is There's one, it shows you the way that they're trying to frame, if the story is accurate in what this person really was, set up the police essentially simply for doing their job in the sense of people that are paid as police investigators to like talk to people in these groups and get assets. And, you know, but there's a lot of other ways to look at it too. Those very people tend to be the very ones that create things like this, like the FBI do all the time or get a little too close. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. Either way, it seems very telling that there is underlying connections to all of this directly to the police department. But it says on one end of the phone was a D.C. police lieutenant in charge of the intelligence unit. On the other, a man who called himself Mason, purporting to be a top advisor of the white nationalist group Patriot Front and its leader, Thomas Rousseau. 
which again, don't forget, is an entire or segment of a show showing how this person is directly tied back to the Rise Above movement, to Vanguard America, to the Azov movement itself, and to what's happening there. Mason pressed for intelligence on plots targeting his group. And he was interested in learning of police officers, quote, sympathetic to what we're trying to do. Now, this is somebody who is posing, at least so they say, as one of these members. Quote, these days we like, or, or, or again, or both, right? Because the Patriot Front is a front, or excuse me, Patriot, wait, is that what, yeah, it's, fu- it's funny that you, it's funny that you think, think about that. There's clues in this stuff often. Patriot Front being a front for this whole thing. As it feels like to me, but anyway, that this as being a front for this and and posing as the conservative white supremacist movement they want you to believe they are could very well be exactly the case. And then he's also reaching out to the police as that entity and then letting others know that he's sympathetic to their unit because that's all part of the agenda. But it says Mason pressed for intelligence on plots targeting his group. These days, we like working with patriots, he said. And it's hard for us to trust people that don't share those patriotic views, patriotic, excuse me, patriotic views, right? Because it's patriotic to be anti, to be against certain people of certain races. Like, why is this patriotic? Like, there's not even really a connection there when you think about it. Like the core idea of patriotic views has to do with the being, you know, patriotic being believing in your country, believing in its roots and what you're trying to fight for. What, why do they conflate the idea of that with racism? Because they choose to. So you could argue they believe that's patriotic, but it seems weird to use the term patriot. It just seems clumsy. It seems like they're just trying to patch together exactly what they want you to think the conservatives are. It says, where do you stand on that question? Putting it to the, to the officer. Now, here's where you could argue that the officer would say whatever he could to get answers from this guy. Because the, the end of the story here is where he literally gets suspended because he was too close to these groups. Is that his job, for crying out loud? But it says Lament laughed. Unfortunately, he said, I can't answer that question for the simple fact that I have to be objective. I can't express my personal feelings either way. Then ask if if you believe that it's don't you know, here's the problem in the world today with the way that they're building it. You're not allowed to have certain opinions. How the how in the world can you pretend to be objective to, or have free speech or any of the things we discuss and yet argue that except these things, <laughs> except these terms, these words, these things. You, we can all agree that certain things are distasteful, gross disgusting, sinister even. But you can't take the step over and saying you're not allowed to have these feelings or opinions, or even to the point to where if you want to walk down the street and say it, as long as you're not breaking the law, why is it? The problem is that they're creating a world where you are being driven into the majority view that Pierre was pointing at and still acting like we support free speech, except these things, it's not free speech then. Like, that's the point. If you believe in free speech, you believe in support in protecting even the worst of the speech. They have the right to feel that way, and you have the right to call them disgusting. Just because you argue that those beliefs can lead to something later, well, that's irrelevant. It's truly irrelevant, whether that's correct or not. Because that's how you, that's why it's difficult to maintain or to stand by the idea of free speech. It's hard because things worth doing are usually difficult. And especially when you open up that door to saying, accept these certain beliefs, well, then people in power and people that are malicious will always take advantage of that. And here we are. But he added, if I think you look at just, if I think, I think if you look at just kind of the ideals and demographics of your group and other groups, you all tend to be more favorable of law enforcement than other groups. I'll put it that way. So basically saying that they're more pro-police. 
I don't get why that is damning in and of itself, but that's ultimately what the main part. The man calling himself Mason then told the Washington Post that he was not, in fact, affiliated with Patriot Front. So isn't that interesting? So this Patriot Front poser, or rather member that pretends he's poser, reaches out to the Washington Post and lets them know what's happening. He was an anti-racism activist posing as a member to out possible sympathizers. Or how about this? Both anti-racism activists who are pretending to be conservatives that are racist so they can manufacture the momentum to stop what they know is really happening so they lie for their truth. Are we really going to pretend that's not possible? He said he recorded his dealings with LeMond, but shelved the exchanges when it appeared the police lieutenant didn't reveal secrets or admit to allegiance with the far right. Right. So that's the end of that. So nothing actually happened there, except only when he got suspended later for dealing with the Oath Keepers, I believe, when this suddenly became relevant and he pushed it back. Why would it be relevant if nothing actually got stated? Just the idea that he is seemingly behind the scenes going, wink, wink, I kind of do, but I can't say that. So you're assuming, which is what everything is in this group. But then in February, D.C.'s police chief put Lamont on leave amid an FBI investigation into his contacts with a different extremist group, the Proud Boys. And it also mentions the Oath Keepers down below and their leader, Henry Enrique Terrio, you know, a black man, part of a white supremacy group, because that makes sense, right? I mean, the way that they clumsily frame all of this, regardless of the thousand different reasons why it doesn't really fit, is just embarrassing. But it doesn't matter. That's like vanilla ISIS. It's just a way to try to patch it in to make it make sense to anybody that doesn't want to think too hard into it. The activist revisited his, con his uh, conversations with the purported Patriot Front member after that happened. Mason provided his exchanges with Lamont to the Washington Post, after Lamont's name publicly surfaced in the investigation of his contacts with the Proud Boys. He did so on the condition of anonymity. Right. But he said, he, but, but, uh, but it says saying he might face retaliation from the bad guy neo-Nazi groups, which he seeks to infiltrate, but gave the Post his real name. That makes sense, right? Gave him his real name, but said, don't tell anybody, please, because that usually works out for them. Just everything about this seems false to me. I'm just, just my opinion. This seems like exactly what you might think it is. A person who is, in fact, posing because they are all posing and working with the media, working with the people to push the agenda they want. The materials he provided include email and Twitter direct message exchanges, as well as recording of the phone call. All this is my opinion, by the way, but you guys can think into this yourselves. The recordings show a police officer trying to cultivate a relationship, which, by the way, was exactly his job at a time appearing friendly to the racist group. Right. Well, so you're going to call and be like, I hate what you do, but let me inside so I can talk to you. You see what I mean? Like, I, mean, I know I'm arguing two angles here, but it just, it just, it, no matter how you look at this, it's ridiculous. Because if you want to pretend that the guy did something wrong, well, you damn well better have evidence of that. And that is apparently what he was suspended for, and that's being investigated, but none of that's public. So this entire article is based on just this call, which is nothing. Why? So it puts it in your mind, in my opinion. But experts say it is hard to assess whether they show Lamond crossing a line and getting too close with extremists. Exactly. Right. So even the stuff that they're talking about, there's we don't he ultimately didn't cross any lines, but we're going to dig in anyway, as his job was to get them familiar with him and comfortable with him. My God, Mason and Lamont were in contact for months and that's all they got. The nature and scope of the FBI investigation involving Lamont's alleged contacts remains unknown. Exactly. Torio and others are charged with seditious conspiracy on January 6th. Torio being from the uh, Proud Boys. Get this. He was charged with seditious conspiracy amongst the most serious filed. In fact, the highest, I believe, and there's more than one that got it. For being in the what they claim the 2021 insurrection at the Capitol. Let me ask you this. If you were part of the insurrection and they're happy to continue to endlessly call it an insurrection, wouldn't you be charged with, oh, I don't know, insurrection? Maybe. 
Oh no, seditious conspiracy ah, during the insurrection. <laughs> okay, well, if you can't even charge anybody with insurrection, why couldn't you possibly call it an insurrection? Let you think that one through. What three words do I use most? End of the day. Final point, end of the day. At one, one point in a phone conversation, that was in the chat, by the way, Lamond wondered aloud if he was being duped and if the person he was talking to might be posing as the Patriot Front officer. Right, so on the phone, he wonders that aloud. So why then would you take what he then did later as proof of his actions when he was the one wondering? I mean, you see my point? This it doesn't even matter. It's all about just framing whatever they can to push an agenda today, and it's all seemingly clumsy. Quote, we won't interfere with you or try to stop you from conducting your demo, he said. But if I have a heads up ahead of time, I can prevent all the craziness from the last time, like the helicopter and the 50 million cops. This is what he told the activist. Okay, so one, you could argue that seems to suggest coordination, right? And the concept of maybe working together with this illusion that they are. But that's not how this really feels to me. For me, this more so feels like a cop trying to work with them to get whether inside so we can have intel on them because that's his job. Or don't they have a right to demonstrate? Isn't that their constitutional right? And as a police officer, wouldn't your primary goal be to stop the violence and the, the clashes from happening? So what will be the problem with this? Tell him, look, just let me know where you're going to be so we can try to coordinate this so people are, because these are they're right, no matter how gross you think they are. But the problem is that if this, you're, they're gross in people's minds and they're doing bad things and promoting bad ideas. Therefore, being like my point with Trump, he should already be in jail, shouldn't he? At the, as the discussion continued, Lamont messaged, if you prefer to call me so nothing is in writing, that's cool, which is strange to me. But again, you could argue that the intelligence officer would try to lull them in. You see it either way. I think that was the last two parts. In a recorded phone conversation with Mason, Lamont said his primary objective was to get a heads up when Patriot Front visited the district to, quote, make sure there are no countergroups interfering with your right to demonstrate. It says it right there. On January 29th, 2021, about three weeks after supporters of President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol, the Patriot Front came to the district and marched. Right? Weird how that perfectly connected. D.C. police said at the time they were aware, quote, previously that demonstrations were to take place. But that information apparently didn't come from Lamont. Right. So you can see that they have multiple connections with the police and law enforcement. Not surprising. <clears throat> but. The point is simply to show you that there's a lot of weirdness around this that are everything about them are suspect. Now, here are the videos of neo-Nazi Patriot Front marches in Indiana yelling, reclaim America <clears throat> to me, which is really what this comes down to about selling you on the idea that they're trying to take something back. Now, it says on Saturday, Destiny Wells, a Democrat running for Indiana secretary of state, tweeted and just so happened to be right by it i heard there were 30 cosplaying racists down the street earlier today while there were hundreds of pro-union folks a block away celebrating labor fest <laughs> because of course anybody that believes in freedom and democracy believes in labor labor fest right <laughs> like it's just funny how they see their beliefs as what everybody these people are ridiculous but it says this is literally fascism versus democracy the choice isn't hard vote blue in 2022 right because that it's simple as that right it's always a binary choice. It's either the fascist Republicans or the Democratic Democrats. <laughs> Weird how that perfectly works out, right? I mean, who? The, this is the lowest common denominator. They are aiming at the dumbest dumb of the dumb out there. They, okay, well, it's either fascism or democracy this year. Who actually believes that? Or who believes that this one group ridiculously re represents literally every conservative person out there? Or just simply the idea that they always reduce it down to something that childishly binary. Fascism or democracy. Left or right. Blue or red. 
It's not that simple. And it, it, it's intelligence to be able to understand that, but that's easy for them to reduce it down for you because it works for them. Patriot Front is a Texas-based white supremacist group that disbanded from another white supremacist group and neo-Nazi organization, which was called Vanguard America in September 2017, following the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. I mean, come on, you can't, you couldn't piece this together more obviously. Vanguard America, which is a group that's undeniably connected back to all the stuff we talked about, specifically tied to Ukraine and Azov movement, as well as Rise Above Mem- movement, which was in the Unite the Right Charlottesville rally, the leading group that was sitting there marching with their tiki torches, what's exactly like the Azov movement in Ukraine, because they're part of that group. You don't believe me? Here is just another Newsweek article. I couldn't find the tweet because it was from a deleted account, the one that I used to share with all the verifiable facts. That's why they censored these accounts as well, because of different points that keep these things moving but as they write back and this was 2020 i believe 2022 jeez i forgot this was this is january 2022 it says azov's political wing which there's this is overtaken the entire government as even this group was writing before they changed the narrative the movement has gone international on multiple fronts with known contacts in germany neo-nazis third third path party america's rise above movement italy's casa pond and also less scrutinized international contracts via other branches of the movement that draw less attention, but may carry equally dangerous implications. So the Rise Above movement directly connected to this group and Vanguard America, which actually, let me see, I don't remember if they mentioned them in this article. It doesn't look like it, but the point was I've done shows in the past showing you that Vanguard America, Rise Above movement, all these are connected back to the, to the Azov movement. So when you can see clearly that Patriot Front is tied directly back to these entities. I mean, what more do you need to see? It is a manipulation, guys. That's my opinion. I think all the evidence here backs it up, but I wouldn't say proof at this point because you don't know for sure if every single person is. But if you want my opinion, I believe it's proven that these groups are infiltrated at the very least and have a foundation of the CIA. As this article also points out, not just Azov, documents prove the CIA or the OSS pre-1953 has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since at least 1948. Is that the one? Uh, let's see. No, that's not the one. CIA, here it is. I figured I'd just grab it for you guys. You include it in the show notes so you can see that 1966, they wrote this document, Project Aerodynamic, which was outlining what they were doing, building a fascist entity. Or was it? Anyway, I don't want to try to find it here. Anyway, so the point is they built this to be used against Russia. Just like they did in the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, I got to hurry up because I'm taking too much time. So let's jump over to the WHO Accord. Okay, so shifting away from the foreign policy agenda. But don't forget, guys, I mean, all of this, I do believe, is building the control mechanisms that are being used to help facilitate this exact agenda. But it's security state stepping into the biosecurity state. It's the same thing. Now, here, as this person points out with no name, apparently, it's strange. Governments worldwide are negotiating a pandemic accord to protect all of us from the next big thing. This global agreement could mean better health, better services, and more security for everyone. I support it, he says. I don't agree with that, but here's the point. The pandemic accord process is open for all people to join and lend their voices, which I don't buy for a second. We've already talked about this. Actually, speaking of that, should grab that too. But here is the page that we're talking about. Public hearings. Now, we already discussed the first part of this, which was that they had a previous meeting, which was on the, where was it, right here? on April 12th to 13th. 
And that's when they were discussing all of this and kind of outlining what they were going to be deciding next. This is where they decided, yes, it should be legally binding. Yes, that it should be treaty with teeth, right? Let's do this. I believe I have an article up for that. Well, let's read through what it says now. Now, this is the second part of this. Now, this is where they're going to be connecting to bring this into reality, an accord amongst all these governments. But what they're going to do first is have a public hearing. And the way they're doing this is so in, so insulting to your intelligence to say, oh, just submit your videos and we'll play them as long as we agree with them. As long as they say certain things that we're allowed to say out loud, then we'll play them all and then we'll do nothing. We'll just do what we're going to do anyway. Like, does anybody truly believe that they're going to listen to what the average Joe sends in on a video and then let that influence what they decide? Come on. I mean, we can't be that childish today, but I'll, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll read this through and you can see for yourself. Let's see. Here we go. Binding pandemic treaty. Pandemic treaty. I'll include those two articles. Oh, this is the one from today. Okay. So here's what it says. To draft and negotiate a WHO convention agreement or other international instrument on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. This is regarding the international instrument that they're going to be using going forward. The WHO secretariat is seeking input from all interested parties in these hearings and strongly encourages participation in this important process. The WHC, are you allowed to go sit in? No. So it's not a public process. You're submitting video. They get to choose and they get to argue can or, you know, will or will not be accepted. The WHO constitution provides that informed opinion and active cooperation on the part of the public are of the utmost importance in the improvement of the public health of the health of the people. I mean, clearly don't, they don't think that. I mean, you can look through the entire process we've gone through so far. They don't care what people think from, from, a, from a body going down, maybe individuals within it do. Of course, that's my opinion, but I think that's clear based on previous actions. But so now the second round, which is going to be happening on the 29th and 30th of September, a second round of public hearings will address the guiding question. Quote, based on your experience with the COVID-19 pandemic, what do you believe should be addressed at the international level to better protect against future pandemics? We already know what they produced. We already know what they put forward. They need to be, have legal ability to force countries to do what they've decided is correct. Don't forget the previous discussions we've highlighted in this exact, in these shows. The idea, oh, I haven't used the same image, even the, the idea that they can say, well, let's just say the United States government says, I think there's an outbreak in Iran and they're hiding it. Well, WHO argues that they, because the U.S. has says so, they have the right to go in that country, whether you like it or not, and do their due diligence, whatever that may mean. Then you can wonder whether the WHO is an impartial body or they might just be another vehicle for regime change or manipulation, which I believe. In any case, that's not okay for Iran's sovereignty or any other group that might be used in that way. Or just your country, for that matter. What if the WHO says you have to wear a mask no matter what? You have to lock your schools down. Well, they said so, and we voted, didn't we? Well, no, we didn't. We don't have any say over this. Now, here's what the intergovernmental negotiating body is discussing. It says, the world together, the intergovernmental negotiating body to draft and, and negotiate a WHO convention, agreement, or other international instrument. Oh, hold on. I think I... Oh, yeah, there's more parts down here. Well, I'll finish this part. On pandemic prevention and preparedness and response. The point was just simply to show you that we that they've already discussed this. Pandemic instruments should be legally binding. They've already concluded. This was on July 21st. We went over all this in the previous shows. Now, here's what they're asking from you. The submission period will be open on Friday, the 9th of September, and will close on Tuesday, the 13th of September, 2022. Two compilations of video statements, each of three hours. So at the very least, you're, however many you can fit in two different three-hour compilations, so it won't be everybody. 
will be broadcast from the WHO website. One will air on the 29th of September, the other on the 30th of September. The compilations will be prepared by the WHO Secretariat, taking into account the need to ensure proprietary, appropriateness, and decorum during the public hearings. Now, what does that mean? It's up for interpretation. You obviously know what appropriate uh, decorum, what I would argue mean not cursing and yelling. Okay. But what's appropriateness? Like, what does that actually mean? Because decorum, the way that is used, would usually associate that would be appropriateness. You can't scream. You can't curse. You can't flash your naked body, right? Okay. That's decorum. So what is appropriateness? I think we all know what that is. You're not allowed to say the vaccine doesn't work. You're not allowed to ask whether or not this is right or whether whether we have a right. You have a right to do this because don't we have sovereignty or any of this stuff will be put aside because it's not it's not appropriate. That's my opinion. But mark my words, send in anything and be be careful and measured and, and accurate about it. But ask the hard questions. My argument is it won't even be posted on their website because what it says is video statements that are not included in these compilations that will be aired publicly will be accessible from the WHO website, provided they also meet the requirements of these same things. So that means that you won't get seen no matter what. Now, we, my point is, I, I'll probably do the same, submit something that is, you know, showing the proper decorum that is appropriate in the context of any other normal setting, not politically, but just simply the things we said before. But ask the hard questions. Ask why they think they have the right as an international body to decide what countries with sovereignty should be doing. Or any any number of things you want to ask in in this, or ask the connections with the Great Reset. They won't play that stuff, I promise you, which shows you everything. Now, if I'm wrong, I'll happily say I'm glad I'm wrong. Let's wait and see what happens. So this is coming. Whether or not you want it to, guys, this is coming. Now, whether they play all these videos or not, it's still coming. My point is, they've already got this outlined. What is your video going to do other than let you feel like you're having a day? Or your, you know, your say gets played. Yay! And then they do what they want anyway. This is placation, guys. It's patronizing. That's my opinion, of course. Now, the booster shots, I think, are another part of this that are all driving you in this direction anyway. But as they, for and, and I'm taking a lot of rightful attention away from that topic, because this is unreal what's happening here, but it is taking attention away from as they build that out around you right now. The CDC, as I just told you, the other told you in the last show, has now recommended the new booster shots. The FDA, the CDC, what a shock! Perfectly in line, almost as if all of the plans and coordinations knew it would happen on these days, because they did. It's not how they're supposed to work. That's politics driving science. But I'll just read you two quick parts of this. The interviewer says, "But how well do we how the new boosters work? Do we know?" And here's how the expert responds: "Yeah, Alisa, that's the big question." For the first time, and you know this, I already reported it, but just hear what he says. For the first time, the FDA authorized these vaccines without requiring, not approved, authorized emergency, even though we're not an emergency, even though emergency authorization of any injection in this certain situation is illegal based on the fact that they have approved alternatives and approved other, and, and useful, uh, um, valid therapeutics. Both of those are supposed to make a, a emergency authorization illegal. Nobody explains why that why that happens, but whatever. But it says the FDA authorized these vaccines without requiring that they get tested in people. I can't even believe that. That they're just blatantly saying, and I argue that the fact that they're doing that is because the independent media made them have to address this. To keep, 
to try to keep us with the rap to try to keep up, excuse me, with the rapidly evolving virus. So that's the same thing that Sobolinsky said. Well, yeah, we better do it now. We're going to miss out the variant. So that's beaten. And so you don't care whether it's safe in people as long as you get this out before the variant goes away. How do you possibly think that makes sense? At the very least, you know that it's potentially dangerous. Based on what we know from before, it definitely is. The FDA relied on how well those shots stimulated the immune systems of mice and how shots targeted at earlier variants looked like they worked in people. That's assumption from every way you spin it. No, That's not science, by the way. No one doubts the shots are safe. Excuse me? I Certainly people do. That's exactly why this is happening. And federal officials say they're confident the new Omicron boosters will cut the chances people will catch the virus. So they, their belief in it is what we're supposed to go with. Spread it and end up with COVID or long COVID. Cut the chances. Well, when they say no one doubts the shorts are safe, shots are safe, well, that's not true. Because right beneath this, in the next paragraph, they discuss how at least one person said we shouldn't do this. So even in his own statement, he lies. Because I guess they're just comfortable with stating these things without facts to back it up. The shots may also provide longer lasting protection and even possible immunity against new variants. So it may also grow wings and you can fly. It may also protect you from everything ever for the rest of your life. It could do a lot of things. It may provide plenty of things, but we don't know any of that. So quit stating things. I mean, that's embarrassing. It may also provide longer lasting protection. What's the indication that will be the case? It's the same shot with different spike proteins, but it's a different injection because of that, which means you have to taste, test it for safety, but it's not going to provide last or longer, longer protection because it's the same concept and your body's already destroyed because of the first ones, which they've already been forced to admit. So I don't even know why this makes sense, but she goes, wow. Okay. So all that sounds promising, but without humans testing in humans, I imagine not everyone is fully on board. How does that sound promising to say we didn't test it? We don't know. We're guessing. So take it. Wow. That's promising. <laughs> Clearly she knows what she's supposed to say. Some experts are clearly uneasy about this. Didn't you just say that nobody disagrees? What's funny, by the way, soundbite of this recording, which is not there. <laughs> Oops. Pablo Sanchez says in this recording, I'm just, you know, struggling with a recommendation. I understand that we need better vaccines, but to make this recommendation for a vaccine that has not been studied in humans, I'm just very, and that's right where he realized, okay, I got to keep my job, in my opinion. I just want to bring that up as a concern. Right. He cut himself short because he knows what's going to happen to somebody that says the wrong thing. Stern says, but, you know, bear in mind, the flu vaccines updated every year, different vaccine, different technology, different everything. And by the way, rarely works without testing them in people, which is what they're trying to do now. I argue most people didn't even know that. And in the end, a majority of the advisors decided they were comfortable with starting to, to treat the covid vaccines more like flu vaccines. So what does that have to do with the fact that they weren't tested in people just because you do it with a different technology and a different injection? These, those ones don't have mRNA. Those ones don't have nanoparticles, as so we're told. Those ones are not the same thing. That's where all the problems are coming from. They don't have the spike protein in them. That's the point. So just conflating it with the flu is exactly what they love to do. Jamie Lohr says, this is the future that we've been heading for. That's the point of the issue, which is we're going to have more variants, which is foregone conclusion, apparently. And we should be treating this more like the flu, we, where we can use new strain variants every year. That sounds like a sales pitch, nothing about safety. So after thinking about it, I am comfortable. Right. So because it works based on other things we assume, I'm good with that. No safety testing, not even sure if it works, but let's just go forward. Even though we don't have human data, I'm supporting the, the boosters. And she goes, well, I'm on board. When can we start getting them? <laughs> My, these people are willful idiots. But that's where it's going. <clears throat> now here is Dr. Mercola, Peter Mercola 
telling you exactly what I'm talking about. Approved with no human data, no assurances of safety or efficacy, and no demand from the U.S. public revealed by CDC. The question on the table for fall campaign, are Americans going to succumb? Or are they going to have enough strength, resolve, backbone to say no more? Now, by the way, this is Dr. McCullough speaking on Bandot video for InfoWars, which shows you the point is that the truth is all I care about. You know my opinion of this platform, especially since they censored my plat- my entire vid- uh, account with them. Bandot video forward slash TLA Vagabond, which I proved on my show and showed you it deleted. That's relevant to the point. Because this is about my integrity and me and believing in the point and the truth, regardless of where it is. So just to make that clear, right? The point is I, they don't do the same in reverse. But here is what Peter McCullough had to say about this. And I find this to be really important because this is, this is exactly where we are today. We've covered the latest boosters. They were released before any human testing is complete. This is the first time in medical history that a product was developed and not tested in a single human being and the government's going to roll this out and now say a needle in every arm. This is the shots being, uh, this is brought right up until a few days ago. Look at this. Had that big push in 2020. Everyone was scared, safe and effective, safe and effective. Then we got through 2021, that secondary wave, those are the mandates. People say, listen, I don't want to take these, but I got to take it for my job. Now look at this. You're down to, we're down to no interest in these. I predict since the companies have made these bivalent vaccines, the United States, by the way, has bought enough boosters for nearly the entire country. We have drained our treasury dry. What are they going to do? They've bought all this product. It's going to be shipped to the pharmacies. Look at the data here. Nobody wants these. We are going to have the biggest tension of, are people going to be clobbered with mandates and pressure and coercion to take these untested products or is America going to have the wherewithal and the strength to say no more? So the question's to you, right? Are you going to stand up? Are you going to allow this to happen, right? It stops when we stop it. Now, to qu- try to get through this quickly, because I want to get done in the next 15 minutes if possible. New study published in vaccine shows concerning rate of serious adverse events after mRNA vaccination. We already showed you this. I just want to show you that this is getting reach. Another medical doctor, PhD, pointing this out, asking why are doctors blindly following big pharma? People are seeing this, guys. You are not alone. I, most of you have known that for a while now, but the, the occasional person out there that still feels like they're being manipulated or you know, you're know you the lone person seeing the truth, trust me, you are not alone. Stand up and speak your mind. Now, I'm going to include these other, other studies that I've, I've discussed in the same vein, one of which includes Dr. McCullough. This one is from August 31st, 2022. Serious adverse events of special interest. I mean, just the first sentence alone in the results, Pfizer, Moderna, mRNA, COVID-19 vaccines were associated with an excess risk of serious adverse event of special interest. That's death, hospitalization, uh, uh, permanent disability, 10 and 15, respectively, out of every 10,000. How are they possibly running from this right now? Out of every 10,000, or rather not, I mean, we know why they're running from it. How is this not the corporate media, have, you must see that they are willfully ignoring this information, which means they don't even care about the truth. Ten, and that, and I, it's, it is worse than that. I would bet my life on it. That's my opinion. But there's plenty of other research that go, I mean, the myocarditis risk is now one in 3,000, one in 5,000. We are watching this completely continue to go exactly where we told you it was. 10 and 15 out of 10,000. Do you realize what that, I mean, do the math, guys. That is overwhelmingly bad. And that's not just hospitalization. That is death disfigurement or rather a disability that's serious stuff here's the other one 
innate immune suppression, which is why people are getting extra sick in other ways that they don't associate with COVID-19. mRNA vaccines promote sustained synthesis of the spike protein, first of all, which is why they keep getting sick and why the flu vaccine is different. The spike protein is neurotoxic and impairs DNA repair mechanisms. Suppression of type 1 interferon responses results in impaired innate immunity. Of course, the injections could potentially cause increased risk to other diseases, cancers, unpredictable side effects. This is where we are. Peer-reviewed, guys. Science direct. Nobody talks about it in the corporate media. Gee, I wonder why. I thought I trust the science. Well, as Peter Sweden points out, this is not normal. In Europe, there's been a shocking 1,101 increase in excess deaths among children aged 0 to 14. Compared to the last year, what is going on? Like, how could you possibly pretend like that is acceptable? Just going, well, sads, because we don't even know what it is. Therefore, you're an anti-vaxxer. A 1,000% increase in the children dying? Excess death? My God. This is going to go down as one of the biggest crimes against humanity in history. It has to. Now, Canada is now going, well, guess what? We now need vaccines every 90 days, or maybe, which is not a secret. We've already shown you that the point is that your body breaks down completely after 90 days. It begins immediately. Your, your, uh, uh, Pfizer specifically was a 75% negative efficacy after 90 days. That's why they're pushing it. There's no denying this. And don't forget, as we showed you way back in 2021, they posted this on St. Louis. There was multiple pages. I've said before, I only was able to save the one. Fourth Amendment quarantine and isolation order. They posted this in regard to scary things in and of themselves. But guess what they said down here? Vaccinated, fully vaccinated person. After three months from the last dose, you're no longer considered fully vaccinated. That wasn't an accident. And it wasn't an accident when multiple places posted at the same time. They knew. And now we know why they knew. Because Pfizer had the data in the beginning. My God. Here's what the page says now, by the way. Isn't it weird? Are they just change it? What are they running from? You know what? They hid this because they let the cat out of the bag too early. Now, this is what happens from that, as we already showed you. Suddenly, just like that, because they change how many boosters you need, in Israel, it went from 90% fully, fully vaccinated to now only 2.4% of the population is considered vaccinated by the Ministry of Health. 2.4%. Welcome to the new normal, guys. Now you can't get what you need because you now have the digital ID and the passports and the green pass in Israel. That's what they're doing. Welcome to the new normal. Now, here's the point from WHO is now, despite all of the information, they're still pushing the injection. They're saying, go, go and get your injections because that's what you're supposed to do. Because that's all they know how to do is push the narrative. Now seeing a welcome decline in reported deaths globally. However, with colder weather approaching in the northern hemisphere, it's reasonable to expect an increase in hospitalizations and deaths in the coming months. Subvariants of Omicron are more transmissible than their predecessors and the risk of even more transmissible and more dangerous variants remains. Meanwhile, Vaccination coverage among the most at-risk people remains too low. All the people that they don't know if it's safe for. That's a fact. They don't know if it's safe for pregnant women. They don't know if it's safe for immunocompromised. It still says it right in the documentation, right? The pregnant part of that broke through briefly, or suddenly big-name people were going, wait a minute, that's confusing. Why do they say both these things? And then it just disappeared again. <laughs> well, it's still there. It's been there from the beginning, but we have the same point now in all of it. They don't know long-term safety. They don't know if it's safe for immunocompromised. It says it, I'll, I'll bring up the document for when this is done. And yet they're still going, but they should get it first. Madness. Especially in low-income countries. This vaccination gaps pose a risk to all of us. So please get vaccinated if you're not. 
and get a booster if it's recommended that you have one. Even if you're vaccinated, there are simple things you can do to reduce your own risk of infection and to reduce the risk of infecting someone else. Avoid crowds if you can, especially indoors. If you're in a crowded indoor space, wear a mask and open a window. And continue to clean your hands, which will help to protect you and others from all kinds of viruses and bacteria. Living with COVID-19 doesn't mean pretending the pandemic is over. If you go walking in the rain without an umbrella, pretending it's not raining won't help you. Likewise, pretending a deadly virus is not circulating is a huge risk. Hmm. Right. So to, to deal with the ridiculous analogy that they just, he just plucked off of Twitter, right? So are we pretending it's not there? Well, no, we're proving in real time that they lied about this. Here's the reality. It's not actually clear. There's the, the lockdown. I mean, here, here just to jump ahead briefly, well, I'm going to it next, you know, Denny Rancourt, which uh, by the way, I'm, I was just looking before I started that he responded to me on Twitter. I'm going to try to get him back on the show. All cause mortality data strongly suggests no viral outbreak in 2020. Right. So what we're doing is saying, here's proof, or rather, to be clear, evidence that this happened or didn't happen. Right. Here's the evidence. Well, if you just go outside, if you pretend it's not there, it's not going to go away. And I'm like, well, did are, did you hear me? Are we pretending it's not there and just whistling Dixie outside? Well, no, we're going, look, there's evidence that strongly suggests that it wasn't even remotely what you said it was. Here's the evidence that shows you lied about how dangerous it was. Here's the evidence that shows how you conflate flu and pneumonia to make it look worse. Why would you need to do that if it's this big, dangerous, dangerous deadly thing? That's not pretending it's not raining. That's proving it's not raining. And you're all walking around with umbrellas because you're believing it's raining. The problem is the analogies are never accurate, right? The bottom line is, to add one more time, we can see that this is not what it was, at least how they framed it, possibly not even there at all. That's evidence showing that, not assumption, not conspiracy theory. But all they can say is, keep, get your boosters and injections. While they blatantly ignore, I mean, I say numerous, but my God, how many studies is it by now? Peer-reviewed science very clearly finding both that it's very dangerous and killing people, as well as the ones in the middle that are simply showing you that the narrative they set in the beginning is wildly incorrect. So no matter how you spin this, they lied to you then, they continue to push the lie while they knew they were wrong, and now it's being shown to be way, way, way worse than we ever thought. But yeah, but you know, just go outside. You're, you're, you know, you're, Pretend it's not there. It won't go away. Well, you're not even listening to what we're saying. <clears throat> now, the lie here about how they re they reimagine or recreate or rewrite the history in real time to hide this as we go into the election is also very obvious. And this is the clumsy one that I was just talking about. They're actually trying to argue now that the it, the Trump's administration essentially were responsible for the school closures. Like talk about mental gymnastics. And I said I said this one is a rough one to watch. She can barely finish the clumsy sentence that ridiculously claims it was Trump's administration responsible for schools being closed. I'll be the first, and you've heard me many times point out that closures or any of these mandates were not entirely partisan, but the way that she's framing this is just ridiculous. I just play it right here. Be optimistic about um, the the national assessment of educational progress uh, is has this new testing that shows that nine year olds lost ground in both math and reading.
$130 billion went to school to have the ventilation to be able. So the point is, the point is, all she's saying here is that they didn't spend or, you know, vote for this specific bill. Well, that one bill was one small part. <clears throat> oh, was there? Oh. Oh, you know what? I Let me do it again. Be optimistic about. Um, the, the National Assessment of Educational Progress uh, is, it has this new testing that shows that nine-year-olds lost ground in both math and reading in pretty dramatic ways as a result of the pandemic. Um, what is the president going to do about it? What is the administration going to do about this severe learning loss? And... Does the administration shoulder any blame for not pushing schools to reopen sooner? So let's step back to where we were uh, not too long ago when this president walked into this administration, uh, how mismanaged uh, the pandemic, the response to the pandemic was, uh, how 47% of schools uh, were uh, in, in less than six months, uh, our schools went from 40 46% uh, to to open to nearly all of them being open to full time. Oh, God, that's so bad. And it gets worse. There's, she's just trying to read while speaking at the same time. And she's it's so clear, right? It doesn't even make sense half the time. But the point is that that, well, let me, let me get this one part in here. That was the work of this president. And that was the work of Democrats in spite of Republicans not voting for uh, the American Rescue Plan, which $130 billion went to school to have the ventilation to be. Right. So because we wanted to spend money to re to change these schools to be, you know, have plexiglass dividers and all the different stuff. But all they're saying is, though, they didn't vote for this one bill that we wanted. Therefore, they didn't do anything or they did everything or however they want to frame it. That's one small part of a larger conversation. Bottom line is we know from the beginning that that's exactly that first of all, Trump initiated the state of emergency, which allowed all this to happen. So that first of all is included. But then we do clearly see a very partisan effort in a lot of ways to take action. Well, most of these states did close the schools down, all of them. But then we did see a large effort of the Republicans being much more quick to bring them back open. Either way you spin this, it, it's individual Democrat governors that made choices to do this broadly as well as keep them that way. So just because they didn't vote for this one bill that gave them arguably the things they might need to reopen when they allowed them to is such a flimsy argument. But that's just how they play this. And all they're trying, all she's using is that one piece to say that, okay, apparently Republicans or rather Trump's administration were responsible for the schools being closed. I mean, my God, it's just, it's, it is the only people that go along with this stuff are people that choose to ignore the facts because they like what their political side is getting. It's a point for one side or the other able to uh, have the tutoring and and the teachers and being able to hire more teachers and that was because of the work that this administration uh, did we were we were in a place where uh, again schools were not open uh, the economy was shut down businesses were shut down and what we have seen is uh, you know we've seen the numbers but I think that's what we see that's how we saw it, it shows you how mismanaged uh, the pandemic was. What? What? I mean, trace back that sentence right there. Not to make the same point again, but God dang it, that's so bad. Like she lost her complete train of thought right there. So you go from we saw the numbers, we saw the closures, right? So is that are you you're arguing the numbers of people dying in closures were mismanagement? Well, no, that's what they argue you should do, right? But she goes, but then that's how we saw it. She just it's it's bad. Like I can't I can't stand that people like this are put in these positions that are they can barely tie their shoes in these contexts, and yet they're the ones telling people what to think. It's so frustrating to me. But anyway, go forward. 
our teachers. And that was because of the work that this administration uh, did. We were, we were in a place where, uh, again, schools were not open. Uh, the economy was shut down. Businesses were shut down. And what we have seen is, uh, you know, we've seen the numbers, but I think that's what we see. That's how we saw. It, it shows you how mismanaged uh, the pandemic was uh, and how the impact of that mismanagement had on, the ch on, on kids' progress and academic well-being. And so, again, our priority remains to make... No, the masks did that more than anything, first of all. Make sure states and schools and districts are using these funds at $130 billion. billion. Uh, this is going to go again to tutoring, to more teachers, real solutions, real solutions to make sure that our kids are getting what they need. And you know, so instead of putting billions of dollars into creating the work school, the you know, tutors and school homeschool type ideas, which is what that really talked about, is supplementary stuff. How about that went to American families that couldn't feed themselves because of what you did? It, you know, or we'll we'll vote down smaller amounts of people that need in this country, but give 40 billion to Ukraine or billions of dollars in other directions. It's, it's so ridiculous. You know, every Republican Congress voted against that money. That is the reality. Every Republican Congress. I didn't know there was more than one Congress. We had to do this on our own. And so, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that those funds are directed uh, to the, the most resources towards students who are, who will fall, who will, uh, who fell the furthest behind, which is important. And we must repair the damage. Oh, God. So apparently you're giving individual students money. At least that's what it sounded like at the end. Whatever. I mean, the point is that you're trying to rewrite history here, but apparently they need somebody who can actually speak to be able to get that out. But it's ridiculous how they're trying to reframe all of this. And the ideas I just pointed out, all-cause mortality data strongly suggests there was no viral outbreak at all in 2020. And this is, a, this is a study that backs this up with endless amounts of data that you can look at for yourself. And, and that being the case, guys, I believe to rattle this off to finish is where this is all be, how this is all being used to drive you into the next stage of this. As Bernie's tweets continues to point out, first of all, the tweet says, last year I spent 129,000 pounds on energy. I received this quote yesterday. For 782,000 pounds for a year, almost a million dollars, guys, three quarters of a million dollars, 2,500 pounds a week to 15,000 pounds a week. Any suggestions on how I move forward? These are businesses that are being put out of business because of this. This is a manufactured effort. You can't deny the actions that have been taken under a guise of fighting climate change or reducing carbon or nitrogen. It's all on the surface. As Bernie's tweets points out, Butchers, bakers, hairdressers, mechanics, restaurants, cinemas, bars, charity shops, nail bars, shoe shops, all of them. Thousands will close, leaving millions unemployed. The cult of net zero will finish off what lockdown started. Then guess what? They're going to have a solution for it, guys. Here in Denver, we see people that can't pay these bills individually. This is in the United States. Excel customers in Colorado tried adjusting their thermostats on Tuesday. And guess what? They were locked out of their own thermostat in their own home during a heat, or, or I think it was, anyway, during, regardless of weather, I can't remember if it was a heat wave or the, the weather, I think it might have been cold. In any case, the story is simply that there was a need for their thermostat, and they turned it off at the time when it was most needed. E even if you argue these people wouldn't be at risk, even though I don't know how you could argue that, there's plenty of situations where you might actually, what if a baby was in a crib and it went off in the middle of the night? I mean, my God, this is incredible. Either way, realize that you don't have control over your own resources or control over your own home. This is what smart meters do. And then guess what? In some countries, if you say you don't want the smart meter, well, then they come in and they make sure you sign a document that says that you're 
you know, basically have to commit to a certain amount or you have to shut it off that moment. This is crazy. This is the technocratic future that they're building you into. Now, here is what uh, Del Bigtree and I forget it, uh, Jackson just said, which I believe we'll see. And here's, yeah, we'll play it right here. And here's another headline that goes right along with what you're saying. This was a tsunami of shutoffs. This is what's happening in America right now. This is just the start. 20 million U.S. homes are behind on energy bills. That's about one in six, it says in the article. That's a big deal. But to take a look at really where the United States may be headed, we look over to Europe, and they're ahead of us by about a year with this, going into a winter of, of big uncertainties. And this is what the headlines are looking like in the U.K. right now. U.K. spring energy prices over 6,000 pounds, winter my power God. prices, blackouts, loom for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. But it says in here, this was the key part of the article. This is why I pulled this out. Those who get into debt could be moved to prepayment meters, PPMs where they have to pay in advance for gas and electricity, plus pay extra each time they top up to pay off the money owed. PPMs are controversial because homes are cut off if they run out of money. If it can... Or how about they're just cut off now because they want to, right? I mean, that's what literally just happened. And that's why this is controversial. Consumer has no credit after an emergency cushion, typically 10 pounds, they receive no energy. In the past, energy firms had to obtain a court order to physically install a PPM with a slot for a key or card to, t- to add top-ups, typically bought at a local news agent. But it has emerged this week that families with smart meters will be automatically switched to prepayment plans if they can't pay their bills. So this is what it's looking like on the ground in the UK. Energy bills are skyrocketing. And what's the answer? Well, we have a lot of solar panels. We have a lot of wind turbines, right? That's going to just, you know, seamlessly switch over. Nope. Sorry. This is what the headlines are also looking like out of the UK. Libraries and museums to be warm havens for people struggling with energy bills. So now you go to your local library. Germany, same thing. Warming rooms for Germans as energy crisis threatens to cause winter bedlam. But with Germany, that's an interesting Uh, study, an interesting case, because two years ago, we were seeing headlines like this. Germany was supposed to be all set. This is April 2020. Germany exceeds 50% renewable energy use milestone. Now, here's a point. That could even be true, right? Because I would argue what they want right now is 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 a situation where things become so dire and so desperate that you need to accept whatever new situation they have to rebuild into, right? Well, it's clear this infrastructure doesn't work. Even if that's the renewable energy, like they want you to be accepting the great reset direction. That's just one way to look at it. Or they failed in this and they're failing you now. However you want to look at it. Either way, your government is failing you and you need to think differently. They, they made the milestone. They made what they were supposed to do. They had an A+. Plus. January 2021, just a year later, we're greeted to headlines like this. Renewables produce more power than fossil fuels in Germany for the first time. Well, surely they must be fine. No warming rooms for people in the winter. Man. That's just crazy. Well, then we have massive protests against NATO, the EU, and soaring energy prices in Prague, Czech Republic today, right? So this is all interconnected to a lot of these people, and I I understand why. Now, here is an insulting situation that should make you throw up in your mouth a little bit. EU, this is how members of European Parliament, funded by European taxpayers, celebrated their pay rise to 10,000 extra euros per month. Look at that. Eat cake populist. Your energy bills are your problem. You just don't understand that leveling them up means punching you down. So here, as you guys can barely heat your houses, you have your houses being shut off, can't feed your families. They gave themselves a promotion.
very telling. Look at that. Now, who cares? As long as they get their extra money, right? Well, in Germany, because of all this, because this is what it looks like to manufacture the problem when you have a pre-planned solution ready. In Germany, from October 1st, apparently the streets will be patrolled by military. Why? To prevent the riots, of course. You know, the people rioting for food and energy. Food and, you know, being able to die and starve in the winter, right? Like, don't riots. So how about the fact that you're driving people to desperation and taking advantage of that? That was announced by the German defense minister. Military in the streets. California is asking residents not to charge their electric cars after announcing a gas car ban. Think about that. Well, now you can't, don't, banning the gas cars. Oh, wait a minute. Now you can't charge them because we have a cutback on electricity. That's pretty ridiculous. California's posed to phase out sales of new gas powered cars. Breaking. California declares flex alert urges residents not to charge their vehicles. Well, as I said, manufactured problem to the manufactured solution. I bet that money will be used to reimagine itself and build back better. This money right here. Sweden will lend up to $250 billion of their denomination to electricity companies to save them from technical bankruptcy, according to the finance minister. Well, look at that. Didn't that work out perfectly? So now you're going to dump your money into these businesses, which they're probably going to use, as I said, to reimagine and build back better. That's just a guess. But the only reason they're getting that money is because they created the problem. Here's another one. Germany's ruling coalition has agreed to spend 65 billion euros on a new inflation relief package, spending money to stop inflation. That makes sense, right? Another another example. Dig your way out of that manufactured hole, guys. Transfer of wealth. Hashtag problem, reaction, solution. As Peter Sweden points out, guess what will happen with these crazy electricity prices? Small businesses will be forced to shut down because they cannot afford to pay their bills. Right. Meanwhile, large corporations will be able to stay open and grow even larger. It's called a transfer of wealth. In fact, it's called exactly what happened during COVID-19 all over again. From a different angle, though. Isn't that interesting? Richard Wellings points out the plan is to persecute small-scale landlords with unfair taxes and red tape until they quit. Ownership of the rental sector will be transferred to big, crony capitalist financial corporations, which can then leech off the vast housing benefit handouts. Now, for those going, wait a minute, the Great Reset's going to a different situation where they don't have these big, crony tech capitalists anymore. It's going to be public. Well, no, they're the same people wearing a different hat, acting like they're working for you, just like they wanted you to believe when this kind of situation first started. We're all doing it for the benefit of the people. No, they're not. This is the lie. Peter Sweden, Sweden's largest tomato grower, is being forced to shut down because they can't afford the electricity prices. Exactly what he just talked about. 500 tons of tomatoes, gone. Are you regretting listening to the climate change fanatics yet? Here is an example of the situation we're seeing. I can't know for sure whether this was an accident, whether this was meant to happen, or whether this is a manufactured problem. This is the state, one, uh, the Gujarat state in India, where tens of thousands of cattle suddenly started to die after being given a vaccine by the Indian government. Another example of all these cattle. You know how many times we've seen this in the last year? Why isn't that alarming? Collapsing athletes, collapsing cows, who cares? It doesn't matter how many times it happens and how far over the normal it is, as long as we say it's normal, it doesn't matter. We see food problems, we see water problems. Biden pledges support as Mississippi's capital still without drinking water. Guess what? Flint still doesn't have it. Who cares? Let's manufacture the problem. Danny Taggart points out, and this is according to The Sun, despite claims that Russians face Russians face Russians will face acute food shortages, shoppers at their stores are loading their carts with groceries at half price. You can check it for yourself. UK prices up 10, 18, 12, 10%. They're all pretty much down in Russia. Energy bills are going up though, so maybe it's a matter, matter of time. But either way, think about the argument that what they're doing is to stop the Russian bad guy to help Ukraine as it's exactly the opposite and all their sanctions are affecting you. Probably the point. 
Seek for Truth points out the Spain's Catalina, uh, Catalina's university basic income tryout to start on January 1st. It's already happening. The adult participate participants in the study will get 800 euros every month. Minors will receive 300. They're starting universal basic income and even starting with the kids. It's all coming your way. Central banks are attempting to weaponize the central bank digital currencies against us. That's the next step. They get you hooked on universal basic income and then they switch out the currency or maybe the first round, who knows, weaponize physical cash money against them. Now, you read this for yourself, guys. Basically, the point is cash society means zero cash, none. Not a little bit, none. It's gone. And there's a bunch of examples of points that they, you have to think about what you won't be able to do. Certain, you know, certain ways that you, you know, as it's, one of the examples is, you know, your grandparent handing you cash in your hand or doing things off the record is the main point. No more garage sales unless you're doing scannable things like the, the world will change in ways we're not thinking about. Now, I'm going to skip past this because I have to get out of here, guys. But the point is a cashless society is coming. It is being built in front of you right now. Starbucks is already beginning. Now, Oxford is a smart city, as this points out at the end. Now consulting on travel pa pa papers, please, system, which is already coming. All this is being built out around you with plate recognition, facial recognition. Now, here is the final point. Brain implant uses thoughts to operate digital devices. Welcome to the fourth industrial revolution. Imagine being able to text or send email using only your thoughts. It's more than just wishful thinking, and it's opening doors for potentially millions of people suffering from severe paralysis. CBS News yeah, that's all it is. Correspondent Dr. John LaPook has tonight's American Innovation. At his home in Mel... Now, just in the interest of time, I'm going to skip past it, but just so you can see, th this is what they're promoting right now. The, what was moments ago, crazy fake news conspiracy theory is now the next step. Weird. Didn't see that coming, did you? Except we did. We all did. But finally, oh, wait, did I just miss that up? Yeah, right here. This is the la last tweet, guys, is just the idea of how climate change is being used to bring this all together. And as he points out, and this has been circulating quite a bit, scientists are flocking to sign the World Climate Declaration that states there is no climate emergency. Not that we're, the planet's not struggling, not that we're not polluting the planet, but that there is no climate emergency. Over 100 new signatories just in the past two weeks as anger builds about the hijacking of science by politics. Look at it for yourself. All right, now I'm going to jump over, guys. Make sure you check out this link here. I'll try to post it in the show notes. In any case, it's right on the homepage of the website. Check out our stuff. We'll be live in 15 minutes. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.